We had this episode planned for a while, but we wanted to take this time to dedicate this episode to Ennio Morricone, who passed away on July 6th, 2020. He was a prolific film composer who contributed iconic scores to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, A Fistful of Dollars, Once Upon a Time in America, The Hateful Eight, and many more. His music also inspired the Star Wars films and The Mandalorian, so we just wanted to take this time and dedicate this episode, and we hope it'll be great. Hello there, this is Cassia. And this is Coden. Welcome to The Evan Hawk, a podcast where we discuss Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, as well as everything Star Wars. Today we are joined by Star Wars Obscurity, and we will discuss the score of The Mandalorian as discussed in Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, John Williams' incredible musical contributions to the Star Wars saga, and what the future of Star Wars may sound like. Spoiler alert for the Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films and TV shows. This is episode 29, and this is where the binary sunset begins. So today we are joined by Star Wars Obscurity, aka Jordan. How did you discover Star Wars, Jordan? So I discovered Star Wars like most other people did, starting with the movies. The first movie that I saw in theaters was Revenge of the Sith. And then from there I got into Clone Wars and basically watched that up until it was cancelled and that's what kind of kept me in the Star Wars hemisphere. Okay. And what is your favorite part of Star Wars? Like I said before, Um, I started out with Revenge of the Sith, but then the Clone Wars was what really kept me going with Star Wars. So I'm glad to say that the Clone Wars, or the animated shows at least, are my favorite aspect of Star Wars. And then you run Star Wars Obscurity. What do you like doing there? On my account, you can find informational posts about all things Star Wars, from facts to reviews and anything else relating to Star Wars. And I try to keep everything on my page positive so you won't find much hate when you come over to my account. Oh, that's good. We tried to do that as well. All right. Are you ready to dive into the listener questions? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Our first listener question comes from ironic.designs, and he asks, what planet would you want to live on in Star Wars? Mine is going to have to be Alderaan before it exploded. I mean, just from the glimpse that you get in episode three, you can tell that it's a really beautiful planet. And I really like how it balances urban and natural environments. And the mountains as well that you can see really remind me of some places in real life that I want to go to. Yeah, Luke got shafted, so. (laughs) Man, there's a lot of great planets in Star Wars. I think for me, I'd probably pick Endor. I just like the forest atmosphere, but yet it still has like a full ecosystem, I think. Like aside from the fact that it's an imperial installation, I think it's got a really good like climate and biome i actually live where they filmed some of the scenes for endor so i've kind of gotten to experience that environment which i'm glad to have done that's pretty cool that's awesome if i could have grown up on dantooine 
and then maybe gone to school on Coruscant and then settled in Naboo, I think I'd be happy because I think Dantooine just has a nice environment kind of balanced with like a Jedi enclave and some fun, you know, if I wanted to take on Mandalorians or like the Cath Hounds, but I think it would like on the whole be a nice place to grow up. Like Coruscant, like I think it would get a little bit too much if I live there full time. It's like, oh darn, like Galactic Republic just turned into the Galactic Empire. That's a bummer, you know? Like, I think that would be kind of like living in Gotham, you know? Like, I kind of don't understand why anyone, like, in, like, the Dark Knight trilogy would live in Gotham after, like, what they have to go through. So it's like, it'd be fun to go to school on Coruscant, but I wouldn't want to live there permanently because I think the corruption might get to me and the pollution. But Naboo, it's kind of like the Italy of Star Wars, and you just have, like, beautiful nature, and, like, the culture is heightened, so I think that's what would make me happy. It kind of reminds me of, like, the Hawaii of Star Wars with Naboo. Yeah, it's kind of like a balance of, like, India and Italy. Like, maybe Scarif would be more of Hawaii, kind of like that Pacific front. But anyways, uh, our next listener question comes from Respect Star Wars, and they say, simply put, what's your favorite quote and why? Uh, I actually went through a lot of different media searching for my quote, since there's certainly a lot of um, very insightful things characters say all across Star Wars. And I found that a quote from Yoda in Star Wars Rebels was uh, something that really spoke to me, and what he said was that, a challenge lifelong it is not to bend fear into anger. And I think it's a great quote because it isn't just relatable to who he's speaking to, which is Ezra, but it's also relatable to us as an audience. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I think out of all of the episodes in the saga, Rise of Skywalker probably isn't my favorite, but I do love uh, the quote by Luke and he says, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi because I think confronting what you're scared of taking action it's being proactive and like it's good and it makes you heroic rather than just like not confronting things and it's something like you can use in your life I think one that comes to mind is fear is the path to the dark side for at least anger anger leads to hate and hate leads to suffering you know it starts off with just the basic fear and then because of fear, it leads to just like irrational thinking or and which can become like emotional where Yoda points out like anger and hate. And then just the amount of hate and anger can, can lead to just the the suffering. I think that's that's one of like the, the quotes I find high up there. I also like Darth Vader's quote where he asks Luke to remove his mask so that he can see him with his own eyes um, because... For the longest time, Darth Vader had seen life and seen people through the eyes of the filter that was placed on him from the Emperor. And he wanted to take a look through like a different perspective to kind of view and speak to his son. I think that's a pretty powerful moment. Yeah, it is. And then our next question comes to us from the History Channel. And they say, if we get a KOTOR movie series, do you think Kate Blanchett would do well as Darth Treya? Yeah, so I I looked this up because it like I know who Kate Blanchett is, but I had to kind of like remind myself um, real quick. And I mean, I think it'd work, sure. You know, she she's got that background of she plays 
the elven queen from Lord of the Rings and just kind of like that look that she has and just the way that she can portray like massive wisdom I was like sure she definitely has MCU experience and Disney experience and I kind of forgot that she was in the Lord of the Rings I think she could play the part. I kind of wonder if she'd be a little bit too attractive for me, but I mean, it is like a Hollywood movie, so usually they kind of go for more attractive rather than like, looks like a blind hag, sort of, you know? But Kate Blanchett has a great voice. She can, like like you said, Coden, like portray wisdom and complexity. She played, I think it was Hela? Hella in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Directed by our beloved Taika Waititi. So, I mean, I kind of don't know who I would have play Kreia, but I think she could be a good one. I don't know if she's like my number one choice, but it is a good choice. And then our last listener question comes from A Rob, and they say, What is one of the best parallels and connections to Greek mythology and Star Wars? So, this doesn't really relate to Greek mythology necessarily, but more just mythology in general. And uh, what I like is how George Lucas used this thing called the hero's journey structure when he was creating uh, the original three movies, which is basically a storytelling structure that says the main hero has to be taken out of their ordinary world or what their comfort zone is. And then they'll be put through a set of trials and tribulations throughout their journey. At one point, they'll hit their lowest point. But then they'll meet someone who will help them bring them out of that lowest point, And then they'll face their final challenge. And after that, they will be in, a, in this new sort of world. And I'm really glad George Lucas went with that sort of structure when he was creating Star Wars. Because I feel like it really helped to tell Luke's story. Yeah, we, we love the hero's journey. We covered it in episodes 12 and 15, so we love the hero's journey, the monomyth, and Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. I think to add to that, there's there's some similarities with how the Odyssey structures its story with Star Wars, and so I think that's where people get like the big Greek mythology connections is just how that story plays out compared to Star Wars. Yeah, like I'd... how it starts in the middle of things. yeah. And I'd have to agree, like, I think that the hero's journey is what it stands out the most with Star Wars. And, and that's kind of the connection with the Greek mythology is how the Odyssey kind of relays a bit of the hero's journey as well. Yeah, and for me, the prequel trilogy and kind of Anakin Skywalker, the prequel trilogy is kind of a tragic trilogy. And Anakin Skywalker, he isn't like the fairy tale hero of Luke, he's more like a tragic hero. And I, I kind of love like Greco-Roman mythology. So I really dig the character of Anakin Skywalker because he's born a slave and then he's taken away from his mother and then Qui-Gon, who could have been his father figure, dies. And then Obi-Wan kind of doesn't know what he's doing, so he's not a very good father figure. And then Chancellor Palpatine, he sees that opportunity to kind of like stoke Anakin's ego, kind of make him unbalanced. So Anakin is kind of like an Achilles um, and like all he needs is like to lose someone he loves and when he loses his mom he goes berserk 
and like murders the sand people like the not just the men but the women and the children too which is kind of like achilles like when patroclus dies he just like i think he kills so many trojans that the river going by uh the city of troy it gets like trashed and the river talks to him and it's like dude you've killed way too many people like i can't handle it anymore so you need to stop and that doesn't happen usually but yeah, um, so just kind of seeing like Anakin is like kind of a messed up and balanced tragic hero. I think a lot of people weren't expecting that. They wanted like a Han Solo character or just kind of like a Luke clone. That's not what people were expecting and I, I think some of them weren't wanting it. I like that, but maybe the rest of the audience kind of didn't put those connections together. But long story short, that's that's a connection I love. But yeah, let's take a break to listen to our sponsor. So our next topic is the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian episode about the score. And this is episode seven of eight on Disney Plus. Jordan and Coden, what did you guys think of this episode? I think that this had to be my favorite episode of the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian series, just because it felt really personal you just stay with Ludwig the entire time you see how he's building these different sounds around different characters and, and environments and also I've always been a sucker for Star Wars music as um, I bet both of you and most of the audience are as well because of course Star Wars is built around the music and yeah I just really like the episode yeah one thing that is discussed in the episode is just how well the the music ties in the emotions of the the characters and the scenes going on and you know a little bit of spoilers what we're going to be talking about later but i like how they went with a more unique direction with this tv show because at the same time there's a little bit of a there's like a genre change with mandalorian compared to the rest of the star wars universe where it's it's a space western not so much a sci-fi fantasy and so it has a lot of really great Western music tie-ins that work really well with Star Wars and The Mandalorian. George Lucas's best collaborator, I would say, with Star Wars is John Williams. Everyone can kind of have their favorite trilogy, maybe like or dislike certain things, but it seems like everyone is able to get behind the music. I never really watch one of the the movies and I just say, this, mu this music doesn't work here, it's not good. It just seems to perfectly match what's happening on screen, which is amazing. Yeah, music is very important with Star Wars, but I really love Ludwig's contributions to The Mandalorian. And more about him, I'm probably forgetting how to pronounce his last name, but I'm just going to say it with confidence, Ludwig Göransson. So he is a Swedish composer. Uh, you hear his works in Creed, Creed II, the masterpiece Venom, Black Panther. He actually won an Oscar for that, for the score, and uh, the TV show Community. Ludwig isn't just good at one thing. He's done music for film, popular music, and hip-hop, and I think that makes him uh, a stronger composer. So what do you guys think of the main theme for The Mandalorian? I personally really like it. I like how the beginning is kind of a slow build up and then you have that drop that comes with the title when you're watching an episode, like the badum. And I really like that since I don't think we've really seen sort of like drops necessarily in Star Wars music. 
And when you hear that, you kind of know that you really get a sense that the episode is starting and like where the characters are at, I guess you could say, even though it's the same uh, the same theme every time. I originally was expecting a little more of like a John Williams high-end sound, but I, I wasn't disappointed when I heard the music. When I watched The Mandalorian, I went in really blind. I didn't look at any media, any trailers, so I didn't have any like expectations for what the music was going to be or anything like that. And so it was a little bit of a surprise to hear the new sounds, but I wasn't... I wasn't like disappointed at all with it. I thought it worked really well and it flows extremely well throughout the entire show. When I first heard it, I think it was like, what? I was kind of expecting something a bit different, kind of like in that John Williams tradition. It took me a while, but I ended up really enjoying the theme. Kind of reminded me of Rocky, kind of like those themes from the 70s. But what I thought was interesting is they kind of go through the steps of like that Ludwig took to create the Mando theme. First he gets a recorder. It's kind of a big recorder, like the size of a crowbar. And then you have the drums, the piano, and the bass with the 1970s synthesizer. And the nylon guitar, and then you combine it all, and you have the main theme in it. I can't really imagine it another way. Because, like, John Favreau and Dave Filoni were saying, like, Star Wars, it has that distinct sound but The Mandalorian was kind of a little bit of a different story, kind of like a dystopian story. So it needed that dystopic twist. So it works. Because if The Mandalorian, like, for me, like, if The Mandalorian started with the Star Wars theme at the first, with a title crawl, I think it just wouldn't... I just don't think that would work for The Mandalorian. It would just kind of feel stale for me. What about you guys? Mm-hmm. I think it was smart to go in a different direction regarding the music for The Mandalorian, since it was already trying to set itself apart from any other Star Wars media that's come before. I personally am a sucker for all the build-up to shows and movies and stuff like that, so I delve into this content before the show came out. And Jon Favreau, on, he was like on a panel, and on stage he said that the show was something completely different. They were going to be inspired by the same things that the original Star Wars was, but also not necessarily going the same direction. And that kind of set the precedent for what it was going to be, and I'm glad the music also changed with that. I personally really liked how The Mandalorian starts, where um, how it just kind of eases into the episode and that it doesn't use a title crawl or you know any of the other like producer pop-ups before the show gets started that's one of the weak points i i have with rogue one and solo is that the story just starts and it it's really abrupt and jarring and i would have liked that they went more of the mandalorian route where they it was different than the 20th century fox startup with the star wars films something different than that but still kind of an easy instead of just that abrupt start i can understand that but it's interesting uh, what you say, uh, Jordan, about like the Mandalorian being inspired by different, by some of the different films that inspired Star Wars. Because Favreau and Filoni, they kind of say like what their musical reference points were: Ennio Morricone and his Western films, and the Akira Kurosawa film scores. They're not really traditional. And Dave Filoni like said like different was big, different was key. 
And he adds, Star Wars can cover a vaster array of sounds and designs than you think. And Ludwig made complete sense for what they were doing. So uh, the Mandalorian is like a samurai gunslinger and Western show, but in space. So musically, it's kind of a one man's journey. So the music is critical because you cannot see the Mandalorian's face. So you kind of have to show the emotions and the story through the music, because if that's not happening, like some of the connection isn't happening. Did you guys notice that watching The Mandalorian? Yeah, I noticed in the episodes that the music was trying to, or I think it did really well, but it was trying to convey how The Mandalorian is feeling since you, of course, he's wearing the mask most of the time. So they have to convey how he's feeling in the music. And also they go into into it in the score episode of like the behind the scenes show and how uh, Ludwig was talking about how he tried to convey how the Mandalorian was feeling through his music that he was creating. The one thing that came to my mind with the Mandalorian score and how it had to tell the story of, or had to kind of portray the, the moment with the Mandalorian, uh, I found similar with the, the video game series Halo because of all of well, you're, you're following a character that also is completely masked the entire series long. And again, that series also relies heavily on the music to tell the situation, tell the story through the cutscenes, um, because you don't see any emotion or feeling from uh, Master Chief. And I thought, yeah, that what they were trying to accomplish with The Mandalorian, I thought they did really well. Watching The Mandalorian and then watching this episode, it kind of just made me realize, like, the music has to work, the sound has to work, like Pedro Pascal's voice. You have to connect to it, and you have to connect. That's what makes film kind of come alive, is that sound. When he got the scripts, he locked himself in his studio for months, and he came back with, like, five different songs. They're about five minutes long. And he took, like, the different characters and different planets. There's a thorough line in the story, but... Each of the episodes kind of covers a little bit different ground. He kind of had to create some different sounds, but sounds that could be tied together. I think he accomplished that. And it, it's just interesting how he kind of comes up with his music. Like, he doesn't like to start with a computer because you kind of don't really get much back from a computer. He likes to use real instruments because sounds can inspire other sounds. One thing I, I found interesting is when they were recording it, um, I believe they recorded on January 29th, 2019. So like eight episodes is about three films. They all scored it together in the room together and there were about 80 people in there. And maybe it's just uh, me because I kind of miss just being able to go to the symphony and like just be in a room with other people and listen to something, but... That, I don't know, that, that kind of, like, stood out to me, like, when they were recording it live. What did you guys think about them when the, they showed the orchestra? I wish they showed more, <laughs> since I I really like the atmosphere that you get just just from watching a whole orchestra play something. Um, They went into a little bit of it, like, with the Rebels behind the scenes showing Kevin Kiner and... Uh, the London Orchestra, I think it was, playing his themes. And it's just, like, really, um, like, really atmospheric, the vibe that you get when you're just watching this whole orchestra and all these different instruments coming together to make, make the sound. Yeah, I really liked watching 
the from like the empire of dreams they show um john williams making conducting the music as they're playing the live orchestra and you've got the film in the background and it's like he's developing like the the crescendos and the decrescendos for the different pieces of those scenes and it's i I really like kind of seeing that be put together especially if it's in the live setting like that it's funny because like when you you're making music you're kind of making something something from nothing like you're creating music where there could just be silence you know and it it takes everyone working together but it can be beautiful music helps films come alive it's kind of like the final compliment a film gets it it makes it come alive it transforms it 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 elevates it and i think the mandalorian theme has some of the best characteristics of good art it's timely and timeless so i think they did an excellent job and they can't wait to see what they come up with in season two so let's take a quick break and we'll be back to discuss future star wars film sounds the question what should future star wars films and tv shows sound like should future star wars films utilize john williams themes and music go completely original or other and we asked our listeners on instagram and the viewer poll results were 60 percent utilize john williams themes and music 27 percent said go completely original and then 13 percent uh said other Blue Egg Adventures says, I think the music for future Star Wars should depend on the project. I love the Star Wars Rebels music. It's a blend of the old, but with new themes that fit it well. I didn't know until recently that the Force theme, when Ezra finds the lightsaber in Holocron, was also played when Ben discovers Luke. I also love the Mandalorian score, so unique and fitting to the show. What do you guys think of that one? Yeah, I agree with Blue Egg. I love the rebels music i really liked how kevin kiner incorporated john williams themes into his own music so kiner is creating his own thing while also paying respect to the old i think to share my overall opinion with kind of this this topic is that i think you can achieve the star wars sound but still be pretty unique that's something that was shown with kind of the main star wars films where it was the original trilogy and then the prequels and then the sequels is that it was very much like the john williams sound but there were it was just different music and unique to the different eras being told and i think that it can work as we've seen with mandalorian where they went like a whole different direction i i do agree that it it can depend on the on the project and just the the atmosphere of the, the setting that they're telling the star wars story in but i think if we're sticking with Kind of like the main Star Wars era, I would like to see the same sound as what John Williams produced, but I'd like to hear new melodies and just just new music and not fall back on themes that we've already heard. I think that's a, a weakness with Rogue One, where 
it's they'll start a lot of their tracks as something unique but then it falls into like a pre-used star wars riff that makes the whole track seem out of place just because it's it's like a jarring transition to oh this is this is a star wars song yeah it seemed like they were trying to in rogue one kind of be original but kind of trying to be in the shadow of the star wars films themes um and it just kind of wasn't they it didn't seem like they're comfortable evoking john williams and they weren't comfortable being completely original and i mean i think the music in rogue one is, is okay and there's a few standouts like stardust and hope but for the most part it's kind of just there it's better to be original in in my book the next comment comes from the padawans and they say i'd say both i think there should be application of the original music to certain scenes but definitely original stuff too the music definitely plays a huge role in making things feel like star wars yeah i agree i think with the new trilogy or new movies they should be very careful about what star wars sounds recognizable star wars sounds that they're putting into the different songs and such like you guys said before how Rogue One was like starting with a new sound, but then transitioning into something that John Williams established, how that was kind of a negative, I guess you could see. So I feel like if they're going to go with a new sound, they should stick with it. But also during certain moments, they can place things like the Force theme, which is kind of universal across Star Wars. And when they start playing the Force theme, they can like make it obvious that that's what they're trying to play. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up was the solo film where I think that the solo film soundtrack isn't like anything major or amazing when it comes to a Star Wars soundtrack, but the, it was consistent with its own sound. And so like comparing Solo to Rogue One, I liked Solo soundtrack more because it was just a, a tailored sound to Solo where Rogue One was kind of a confused mix between the two. One thing I don't want to see in future Star Wars films is sometimes you see this in other films. Like, for example, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the second installment of The Fantastic Beasts. They would kind of just like to kind of like score nostalgia points with fans. They would just be like, oh, you're going to see Nicolas Flamel because he was French, you know? And then for some reason, when you're in Nicolas Flamel's house, you see the Sorcerer's Stone and it's like, um, I don't think it would just be, like, in his, like, little cubby where you, everyone could see it, you know? Like, you shouldn't just, like, have the Sorcerer's Stone there. And, like, in future Star Wars films, like, I kind of want them to move away from the Skywalker timeline. I want them to go elsewhere. But if they went into another era, like, I wouldn't want to see them, like, talk about the prophecy of a chosen one. And then you hear, like, but it could go bad, you know? And then hear Darth Vader's theme just to, like, check off something familiar and like a little bit of like rise of skywalker kind of played with some familiar themes too like you you heard yoda's theme you heard some of the remnants of like when anakin is dying in front of luke you know and sometimes like some of those musical riffs didn't quite fit but they were kind of just checking them off to have them in there i kind of just don't want to like hear something because it's familiar that's just what I want. So something I 
thought the sequel trilogy did well was having a good established theme for the main person who is Rey, but I feel like it faltered by only having a theme for Rey and not having themes for other protagonists such as Finn and Poe. Whereas in the original trilogy, you have themes for characters like Luke and Leia and Han and Yoda. And I hope with a new Star Wars movie or new trilogy, it has strong themes for their main characters. How the series and video games can be more experimental since they have a really long amount of time to sort of develop the character and also the sounds that it's portraying. I think it also just depends on the project. Um, if they're going real far back, like with the Old Republic, High Republic, then I think the sound should really be something different than what we have with the original trilogy and the other trilogies as well. Yeah. I, I have to agree because one thing that the original trilogy excels at is not only having themes for the individual characters, but having kind of like hybrid themes, whereas like Luke and the Force or Leia and the Force or the Empire, Darth Vader, but having their own individual themes as well. And so as the story progresses, say in A New Hope, for example, the music just slowly transitions between the different scenes, but is playing consistently throughout the movie. And depending on what's in front of you is how the music kind of just transitions and hybrids into the different settings and characters. And that's that's a huge strong point with the original trilogy and even the prequels and is a bit lacking on the sequel trilogy. And then our, our last comment comes from ironic dot designs and he says i think it depends on the project the film should have some familiarity to john williams legacy but still include something new series and video games can be more experimental because more than likely you'll hear the themes more often wherein a film you're limited to two hours for a soundtrack i think like you said with the renaissance when you think of sort of medieval music you can kind of like hear it in your head and how it how it sounds so going along with that they could make a with the older public their sound could sound sort of like regal i guess you could say yeah kind of going back to my earlier comment like i think there's a way that you can kind of satisfy both where you can have a star wars sound but have different themes and melodies that are new and so um, something like the older public you can have a lot of the same sounds that were played in like the prequels but have melodies that aren't like playing Anakin's theme or the the Trade Federation theme you know something something new but still using kind of like the same orchestra composition what I liked about this comment is it kind of reminded me of the Force Unleashed series because I was kind of just reading some of the behind the scenes uh for that including the music and they kind of talk about with The Force Unleashed, you're kind of going from the prequel era to the Imperial era. And they mentioned how the prequels, you kind of have more of a percussive sound, kind of more experimental. There's kind of more freedom, more movement. But when you move into the Imperial era, it's kind of more that romantic sound. Things are kind of more ordered. So you could kind of see like the mixture that you had because they would include like some of the the music from the films like some of the prequels and then mix it in with some of like you'd have Anakin's dark deeds and then you would have Darth Vader's theme but then you'd also have original 
music to uh, The Force Unleashed, but kind of thinking about it, like, The Mandalorian is kind of a Western, but I was thinking, like, with The High Republic, you could maybe, like, have, to an extent, it could be, like, Renaissance-inspired or something, and, like, maybe if you did, like, a KOTOR trilogy or The Old Republic, maybe it could be kind of, like, a little bit inspired by medieval sounds, you know? So it's, like, you can take inspirations from everywhere and have fun with it. Like, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I said this before, but I think a theme that would fit really well going back is the Force theme. Just because it doesn't relate to a single character or single location, but it really transcends Star Wars. You can hear the Force theme in everything from the shows to the movies. And I think it would fit well um, regardless of the movie that they're making. Where yeah, kind of more epic. Oh, and I was just kind of thinking if they did like kind of like a spy cyberpunk kind of like Star Wars film, you could do like kind of like a techno Star Wars soundtrack and that would be really, really cool. Kind of um, like uh, Blade Runner? Yeah, or like Daft Punk, like Tron Legacy. It, it would be fun. Like, I want to see more of this. So looking at episode four, A New Hope, it offers six themes. You have the main theme, the rebel fanfare, the force theme, Leia's theme, and the Imperials theme, and the throne room. Out of those, which would you like to see, or do you think would fit, like, in a future Star Wars film? Um, I think not the entire track, just because, like, that wouldn't really establish anything new, but if they did, like, a few notes from it, I think it would work well. With Solo, when, um, spoiler, when Maul appears at the end, uh, you can actually hear a few note, few notes from Duel of the Fates. So, like, in a certain moment, maybe, when you see, like, the dark side guy, maybe they could play some, like, a few notes from Duel of the yeah, Fates. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with the Force theme. And I think the only other themes that I would, that I'd be okay with being kind of consistent throughout Star Wars is... The, the opening and closing themes, uh, just because they, they kind of signify like the start of the film and the text crawl if they want to do the text crawl. And and then the end is kind of that signature. The, you know, the film is over and, you know, the conclusion has been made, um, roll credits. And so I think I think those would be the best to kind of go throughout the different, the different themes of Star Wars. Uh, everything else is pretty character specific we're kind of out of this nostalgia and, and it'd be nice to see new stuff. And then with seeing new stuff, we'd like to maybe hear new stuff as well. Cause in episodes five and six, you obviously have Darth Vader in five Han and Leia's love theme. And then Yoda's theme in episode five. And then episode six, you kind of just have Jabba, uh, the emperor Ewoks and the Luke and Leia theme and like those are kind of character specific unless you are referencing those characters I don't think they would fit but if you kind of move forward to episode one you have the droid march Darth Maul Jar Jar and then Anakin's theme Qui-Gon Shimi and Duel of the Fates I think if you were to include any any song from episode one in any future Star Wars film I think it should be Duel of the Fates but could you guys see, like, Duel of the Fates being utilized in another film? I think it's, uh, like the other songs and the other movies, how it really depends on what's going on in the movie and, like, the moment they're trying to portray and just how much 
of the theme that they're going to be taking from is applied to the new movie. Because it sounds nice, but I kind of just wonder if it would just kind of be like me wanting to hear something rather than like it organically fitting the story. Yeah, I think I'd rather hear a theme that uses elements of like the protagonist in like say if we're doing like a combat theme like duel of fates i I would want to hear a sound coming from like the protagonist theme and then a sound coming from the antagonist theme and kind of have it mesh into just a a combination theme of the conflict between the two is something i'd rather hear than a callback to duel of the fates because i think that duel of fates is very unique to the Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Obi-Wan kind of matchup. And I think it works in some of the smaller moments that they use it, but not as well as when it's that fight in, yeah, The Phantom Menace. I mean, I think Duel of the Fates, like, it appears a little bit uh, in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of just a prequel era, prequel era theme. And then, like, in episode two... You have Across the Stars, and then in episode three, you have General Grievous and Battle of the Heroes. There's actually a fun fact about Battle of the Heroes. In the sequel trilogy, you hear a little bit of Battle of the Heroes in The Last Jedi with the um, uh, spaceships at the beginning. And that is like the only time like the prequel music is ever referenced in the sequel trilogy, but... I don't really see those themes being included in future Star Wars films, but as we move on to episode seven, there's a few more themes. You have the Kylo Ren, First Order, Snoke, Rey, and the March of the Resistance, and Poe. I had no idea Poe had a theme. I kind of think the only themes that really stuck with me were Kylo Ren and Rey's themes. I hate to be that buzzkill, but I think most stuff from the sequel trilogy is pretty forgettable because the music the music that's recognizable comes from the just the regular star wars trilogy and then like i honestly can't remember any of the themes of ray or kylo yeah with episode eight there was a rose theme and i actually really enjoyed it but then they kind of axed that character in nine so it's like they developed that theme for nothing and then episode nine you had the knights of ren theme and I guess they were there to sell Funko Pops or something, but it was kind of a forgettable theme. But there was a Rise of Skywalker theme that plays when you see friendship or victory. But one thing I, I did like that they've kind of played with before is that the Kylo Ren theme, when Ben Solo goes back to the light side, his Kylo Ren theme is turned from kind of that evil sound to like a good sound. And they kind of did that once before with Anakin's theme in The Phantom Menace. Because if you kind of slow it down and make it minor, it's the Darth Vader theme, but it's it's kind of just like a nice kid theme, you know, in The Phantom Menace. There's a lot of themes. Jordan, if I were to ask you, what should future Star Wars films and TV shows sound like? Should they go with the John Williams themes, uh, go original, or... Other, what would you say? I'll just go out on a limb and say they should go completely original. Um, Mandalorian, they've already established that doing something completely different can work if it fits the story. And if the music fits the story in a new Star Wars movie, then 
it's fine if they don't reference anything from John Williams. Personally, for me. What about you, Coden? Personally, I, I like the John Williams sound. And if we're going to be telling Star Wars stories in a lot of the familiar worlds of Star Wars, I would like to continue to hear the John Williams sound, but I want all new themes. Like, I don't want any callbacks to the different you know, the different themes that we already have, except for maybe the Force theme. But I, I do agree that if we're going kind of away from the typical Star Wars worlds and more of like that Mandalorian sound that Jordan was already saying, that to go completely experimental isn't always a bad thing just as long as they stick with it. Because my answer would probably be other... I would say go completely original, except for maybe, like, I want the main theme in there and the Force theme. And maybe you could have an argument for, like, the Throne Room song at the very end, like, playing during the credits. But for the rest, like, I would say go original. Like, you cannot outdo John Williams. Like, his Star Wars sounds are iconic. His, his Indiana Jones sounds are iconic. His Harry Potter sounds are iconic. And, like, if you listen to, like, any film he's done, like Memoirs of Geisha or Schindler's List, his music is like dead on every single time. So I'd say just be creative and do something else, and I think the films will be better for that. Do you have anything to plug Star Wars Obscurity? Where can our viewers find you? Um, yeah, I guess the only thing that I really have to plug would be my account. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Star Wars Obscurity. There's an underscore between each word. And feel free to check out my account. And if you want to just talk Star Wars, leave a comment or message me. All right. Thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been Cassia. And this has been Coden. And you can find us on Instagram at Ebonhawk Podcast. And our podcast can be found everywhere the Anchor Podcasts are distributed at the Ebonhawk. And we're always grateful for subscriptions, reviews, and shares. Thank you to Croatian Boy 888 for your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And then also you can email us your comments and questions at ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me both on Instagram and Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Conan Instagram is just Conan Bond. You can find me there if you want to message me directly. And then our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Scheuermann. You can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. And our transition music was composed by Christian Walker. He can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been episode 29 of The Up and Hawk. May the force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now.